Okay, but let me tell you what my problem with the vegan chicken is. When I eat a piece of vegan chicken and then I pull a lollipop stick out of it, could you try to give it a leg? <laughs> I don't like that. It's not a bone. It didn't have a bone. You didn't need to add that. <laughs> like, that is pretty I got actual. a real problem with the drumsticks with the leg. <laughs> I don't like hilarious. it. It's a straw, people. I've never seen that. You've never seen that? No. They put those little cardboard straws in there and they mold it around to make it look like a little drumstick. And then you eat the piece of chicken and you pluck out this like little drum. Oh, it's so insulting. Funny. To the chicken. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. I'm going to tell a true story, but I'm going to change the names of the individuals involved so as to protect the guilty or the innocent. Probably both sides. So I was doing some volunteer work here in the city, and I was thinking about what I was going to do after I finished volunteering. So I started talking about my grocery list and how it was going to include cashew milk. And so then we got into a conversation about the fact that we had done a taste test with News to DC where we had made a vegan mac and cheese. And he, the other volunteer said, let me stop you right there. Anything vegan cannot also be mac and cheese. And so he got relatively heated about the fact that I was trying to approximate this dish that he's very familiar with, but that it was vegan, air quotes, vegan. And so I explained to him, well, plant-based cheese. Nope, that's not cheese. And I said, well, I I'll, let me show you the picture. Let me try to describe how it tastes. Let me tell you how wonderful it was. No, 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 no. Well, why don't you just call it that? Just say that you had this baked, pasta dish that was really good and that you enjoyed it. But don't tell me that it's vegan mac and cheese because I don't want to hear that. Okay, we don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> but it got me thinking that uh, there are a lot of things that are quote unquote veganized on a menu that A, seem to be less healthy than the traditional choices and B, don't actually come all that close. <laughs> and then it just makes me angry, which was kind of his point. He said, if you say to me that I'm going to have macaroni and cheese, I get my taste buds fixed to this idea. And if you then give me something that is not that, it will make me angry. I said, what if I don't tell you what it is? That might be better. <laughs> I don't well, know. Firstly, he didn't have this mac and cheese. Okay. It's pretty True. good. Okay. Tastes Amen. like mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. I do understand the point, though, of expecting something and not having that. I think we 
uh, tried to do a vegan crab cake when we were with News to DC. And that's one of the things that I said is like, it's good. But if you told me it was a crab cake, I would be mad because it's not a crab cake. So there's kind of like a fine line there, though. I think sometimes it's a point of reference because you want to make it something that's familiar to people. But I don't know. It's a fine line of like what to call it. I'm sorry. I would challenge this guy. Like, you'd be mad anyway. If I gave you a plate full of vegetables, you'd be mad about that because, you know, you don't want that. You want chicken. You want some real meat and you want some real cheese. I mean, if you're talking to someone who does not subscribe to a plant-based lifestyle, you're going to be mad when I tell you that, oh, that you think that's chicken you're eating? Not chicken. You think that's, you know, mac and cheese? It's not mac and cheese. You're going to be mad either way because we all know, we've all experienced that people have a very visceral reaction to, what do you mean you don't eat any meat? Well, what do you eat? And the mind has to shift first before they're like, okay, well, before they can open to the possibility that there actually might be some deliciousness available that doesn't come from an animal source. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, if I had been standing there, I would have been like, okay, hmm. come to our event, test it out or don't. Cool, dude. I mean, you know, it was delicious anyway, whatever you call it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that I think that was really what he was getting to. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot to unpack from that. But let me back up for just a second and say that if you're interested in understanding what we're talking about, there's a couple of things you can do. First, go to our website, thejealousvegan.com, become an email subscriber, and get notified when we have our collaboration with Lawrence Rassall, also known as The Weekend Chef. You can follow him on Instagram at news to DC which is N-E-W-S-T-O-D-C. You can also go to wherever you are listening to this podcast and check out episode 15, which is our full-length interview with Lawrence, where we describe some of the things that we have done in preparation for and will be doing for this collaboration event. If you follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you'll also see pictures of where we had a taste test of this incredible baked pasta dish that he created um, and that we've, we are trying to perfect to bring it to you. So anyway, mm. please go check out those things um, or reach out to us individually and we'll give you our raving reviews of this incredible, incredible gluten-free, dairy-free, awesome Mac and cheese. <laughs> Good enough for breakfast the next day, am I right? Mac and cheese. Yeah. Breakfast and dinner was really good. Slam dunk. And so I, I think that our ability to be okay with it call, being called macaroni and cheese is that it really did feel like what we're accustomed to. Now, I will say this. I have a, uh, a very strong mac and cheese cred. <laughs> I have street cred when it comes to macaroni and cheese. My sister turned me on to Patti LaBelle's version of this rainbow. She calls it over the rainbow macaroni and cheese in one of her cookbooks. And it has literally five kinds of cheese and an entire stick of butter. And I, over the years, have made it many, many times for all sorts of family events and gatherings. And so um, I typically don't like other people's mac and cheese. And I obviously don't make that anymore because there aren't five kinds of dairy-free <laughs> cheese that are worth their salt. And it's just not something that I, I, I choose to make or even try to replicate. But 
I will say that what Lawrence created for us is so special and so incredible that I want everybody to try it. I agree. Can I judge a little bit on Patti LaBelle's? Uh, <laughs> you go right ahead. It's heart attack on a plate. Okay. <laughs> Five no. kinds of cheeses and a whole stick of butter. I mean, is this one of those you not, only live once things? Or? I mean, well, I mean, but you're not eating the whole thing in one serving. You know, you're just getting a little bit of. That's it. why I said I only make it for family events and I'm gatherings. Not you. I'm saying in general, oh. like that. I'm, 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 I'm judging the. I'm judging not the recipe. I'm judging the fact that the premise. This is it's a it's a creamy. De- delicious dish that we are accustomed Americans, right, accustomed to having. Mm-hmm. It is considered a part of the soul food mm-hmm. uh, repertoire. And it's not Italian. And yet it cheese is. Cheese and pasta. Yeah, well, five <laughs> kinds of pasta and a stick of butter. Five kinds of cheese and a stick of butter is. It should be consumed in moderation, and yet it's kind of a staple mm-hmm. on a plate, on some. Cultures. Yeah, but that's a different argument, right? Because the dish in itself, if you're eating it moderately, you're having a scoop of it, right? Not like death on a platter. You're, you're supposed to control your portions and your moderation. So that, the dish itself is not the problem. The problem is overconsumption, right? As how Americans. often? Yeah. But and I how remember, much at each, at each sitting? Probably. But I remember when I was younger, my grandma used to make a pound cake. And I mean, it is its name, a pound of butter and a pound of sugar. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yes. And I used to have it all the time. And like, yeah, no shame, no shame. A pound of sugar. Now looking back, I'm like, a pound of sugar? No way. Is that pound a pound, pound cake? It was good though. Oh, it got its name. I remember. It's, it's got no. It can't be a pound of sugar. Maybe a cup of sugar. I just can't. I just can't believe no, a that. Pound, a pound is like that. That big. Is yeah, it, I, sixteen I, ounce. Sixteen ounce of pound. sugar. Yeah. Which I guess is only two cups, but still, I can't do like the conversion of weights and measurements. <laughs> no judgment on that. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Mm. It was delicious. It was a lot. I remember, because I remember even as a kid being like, you're putting all that sugar in there? And she's like, yeah, that's how you make it. Mm. Yeah. See, and I, I mean, know you know, true yeah. Southern style, and it was delicious. Every single, it tastes like sugar. It tastes like fluffy. It was good. It was nice and dense. Sugar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I should be dead. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> bring it back. So I understand. So, so I think that the... That the Lawrence Rassall mac and cheese. We have to come up with a new name for it. By but the do way. we? I think that's that's, that's kind of the kind crux of, yeah. of the this, yeah. this, why we're having this conversation, right? But do we have to rename it? So we're we're gonna call the volunteer who was scolding me about my vegan approximations. What's his name? We're gonna call him Dennis. Oh. So Dennis said, probably Dennis is his real name. <laughs> Can we Google him? I like Dennis the Menace. (laughs) So no, so his attitude was, you know, don't tell me that it's this thing. Just tell me what it is. Don't try to make it something that it's not actually. Um, And I, and as a, as a literalist sometimes, I kind of understand his point is why are you trying to make me think of this thing as something that it really isn't? Because could there really be vegan chicken? No, it's not chicken. It never balked or walked around or scratched at the ground or did any of those things. It is not chicken. So why are we calling it that? 
So I do understand both sides uh, of what you're saying. And I do think I kind of agree with both sides, right? But I think the whole purpose of naming things to remind you of something familiar um, is why people say vegan chicken or vegan mac and cheese. It's like that disclaimer that it's not what you think it is, but it's around that, you know, it's, it's going to feel like that or it's going to taste like that. Now, the line is you can't call something something else and then it doesn't measure up. That's really when people get upset, you know? This vegan mac and cheese, I think if people had it, they'd be like, mac and cheese for sure. But, you know, some other thing, like the vegan chicken, no. It's the not chicken. I have had once, one time Yeah. something that was like a chicken wing that was really good. Okay, but let me tell you what my problem with the vegan chicken is. When I eat a piece of vegan chicken and then I pull a lollipop stick out of it, could you try to give it a leg? <laughs> I don't like that. It's not a bone. It didn't have a bone. You didn't need to add that. <laughs> like, that is pretty I got actual. a real problem with the drumsticks. With the, like, <laughs> I don't like hilarious. it. It's a straw, people. I've never seen that. You've never seen that? No. They put those little cardboard straws in there, and they mold it around to make it look like a little drumstick. And then you eat the piece of chicken, and you pluck out this like little drum. Ah. Oh. That's it's so insulting. Funny. To the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that could support anybody's weight walking around? No, no. way. No. <laughs> the chicken is offended. No. Okay, well, we talked about, I think there's a, there is a blog post about, and I think it was you that wrote it, Leela, um, about the substitutions yes. in the first place. Like, why are we even trying to approximate meat in the first place, right? We're trying to give people a gateway. It's like a, a, yeah. a gateway step to, hey, okay, it's not chicken, but it approximates chicken. Maybe it will help you bridge the gap as you're transitioning. Mm -hmm. I think of fake meats as a transition food mm -hmm. that as you're trying to figure out your life, hey, I can't eat chicken. I really want chicken. Let me try this alternative chicken. Ultimately, though, the real, in my mind, mature maturity on the, the plant-based transition is that you don't, any longer feel a need for meat yeah. at all of any kind. Because, see, the problem is that you have these um, vegan meats that come from soy or they have wheat. You can have a wheat intolerance um, or gluten intolerance, sorry. Um, and they have other kinds of problems. The real idea, maturity of, of a plant-based transition, the real idea is that you're eating whole foods, you're eating whole plants to the extent possible, even uncooked if possible, um, because then you're getting the real nutrients that's un, um, unadulterated. I agree, like even from the kind of fitness standpoint of it, one thing that I don't like is plant-based has become very popular. And so companies have tried to capitalize on that and make these so-called plant-based products that actually contain things that are not good for you. So even when you're looking at fake meats or alternatives, you have to look at what's in there because there's so many other ingredients that are not actually whole foods. So you feel like, oh, I'm not eating meat or I'm not eating dairy, but you're eating, you know, a whole bunch of yellow number five. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, red number 12, which is not good for you. Um, and so I think pulling the idea away from vegan or 
this or that. The idea is more that you want to be eating whole foods, plant-based foods. Uh, but at the same time, when you talk about transitioning your diet, it's like any other habit. I was reading something recently and it was talking about how the brain works. And basically your brain is always looking for a path that it has traveled before, right? Because it helps you function easier. It doesn't use as much energy. And so when you're talking about changing your lifestyle and eating something that, you know, for your whole life, you've been eating chicken and your mom's been cooking this or mac and cheese or whatever, your brain is trying to find what, like the same pathway to that. And now you're telling it, no, I don't eat those things. And so the fake chicken or vegan mac and cheese, your brain's like, yeah, mac and cheese, I know that. Or chicken, yeah, I know that. And so we're almost trying to trick the mind a little bit. But instead of tricking the mind, I think we need to just reboot it, which is way easier said than done because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's habit change. And it's not just habit change, but a change in the way that you think. Um, And it's going to be a lot harder and exhausting and frustrating and difficult. Um, And that's the part that I feel like the average person feels like I don't have time for. I don't have time to like put so much energy into thinking about, you know, what I'm eating. So I'm just going to eat what, I what, know. what is comfortable, what I know. And maybe I'm going to try to find a better option in between. But if that's not available, I'm going to just go with what I know. And that's where it gets it gets dicey. But I also feel like that's why the concept of creating vegan or plant-based foods that remind us of other things even came about is to just help people, like you were saying, to transition, you know, baby step into it until you can figure out what you can have that's not chicken and erase that thought of chicken out of your mind. Yeah. Because maybe it should say, maybe it should be inspired by mac and cheese. Oh, I like that. Mm. (laughs) Inspired by chicken. That's really what you're trying to do. You know, like what you said resonated with me, uh, Leela, is that um, you're trying to, your brain is like, listen, all my cheese is moved, pun intended, right? Like, all my cheese is moved. I don't know what to do now. Um, I'm going to try this alternative thing, this fake chicken, because at least it approximates, <clears throat> except the stomach is not fooled. Yeah. yeah. The taste buds are not fooled. And you absolutely need that pleasure. Like, you can approximate it, but, I mean, we all, we tried bacon. We tried vegan bacon. Uh, mm. And I constantly come back to bacon because it is the one like gold star thing in my mind that can never be approximated in the animal kingdom. And so your taste buds and your stomach will always riot. And I I feel like maybe that's where the reaction of Dennis is like, my taste buds know the difference. Who are you trying to lie to? And well, in fact, Dennis, we're not trying to lie. We're trying to help people bridge the gap. Yeah. I will say though, that fake bacon, that will make you mad. Yeah, and that was fake bacon. I remember we tried that taste test, and there was one in particular that I was like, it looks like fried bread. And (laughs) and I was so mad because it smelled so So much like bacon. And it was so awful. And how much do they have to manipulate the food in order to get exactly. it to taste like, to have the aroma of bacon? Oh, don't get me started. Scent number five. Yeah, well, I mean, no, there are there are scent factories, yeah. basically. I mean, think about the smell of McDonald's. It's not from the food that's mm-hmm. introduced to draw people in. Yep. You should read Fast Food Nation if you haven't, because they they actually go to some of the factories, most of which are in New Jersey, by the way, to figure out 
how to create a smell. And so the author, I think uh, it's Eric Schlosser, talks about how they, he said he closed his eyes and he felt like he was sitting in a room with a ribeye steak and some onions and potatoes. And he opens his eyes and there's like test tubes. And he's like, that can't be. I smell the food. And they're like, no, you really don't. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Yeah, that makes that would make me angry. Sometimes I really think like we're smarter than than what's good for us because mm. and for me it's frustrating because I'm like the amount of energy and money and effort that is put into creating an artificial version couldn't that be better spent just making the food work actually for feeding us? people. Yeah, yeah, just actually feed us and don't harm the animals and you know it's amazing to me that you know america we're the country of bigger faster better even in terms of food right plump the chickens plump the cows make them bigger get them to slaughter more quickly and yet the country is still not eating people are not eating that so much of that food is going to waste people still don't have clean water and you're wasting so much homelessness yes you're wasting so much money trying to make it smell like it's authentic why not just make it authentic why not just make it authentic that's hard to duplicate from from one location to the next. The smell is easier to duplicate. But let's go back for a second. And I'm, I'm with you, Lisa. I'm trying not to get on my soapbox today. You know? I'm trying not to get on your soapbox. I'm going to kick you off the soapbox. I'm going to get on the soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> you both get on it. I want to see it. This, this, let the show begin. No, no, no. Let's, let's pivot slightly. <laughs> so I'm going to say something I'll regret. Let's pivot slightly towards... Uh, the label vegan itself. Do you think that any of that backlash from people like Dennis is based on the fact that they have this vision of what it means to be vegan that is very unpalatable? I do think that vegan is a rather loaded term. I think it people have, people who, it seems to me in my experience, there are two camps. There are people who are like, oh, you're, three camps. The people who have transitioned and they love it. The people who would like the transition, but it doesn't seem possible. They're not quite sure how, what would I have to give up? Mm, I can only eat salad. Would my family members accept this? How could I do this? And then there are the people who are just like, no, never. I was born a carnivore. I'm going to die a carnivore. Um, and I, there's maybe some variance in there. That's the world according to April just now. But I feel like that is, that's where the camps fall and the people in the vegan camp are just like you carnivores you're sellouts you should know better you're doing the environment terrible and you're gonna die and the carnivores are like you know whatever to you all you guys don't know what food's supposed to taste like and you know I'm, I'm all in it for the pleasure and step off basically and then the people in the middle are just like um I'd like to try it I don't know if it's possible <laughs> and a lot of times myself included the people in the middle are married or partnered or have friends who are in the carnivore camp, <laughs> and it, that makes it even more difficult because then it's like, okay, I don't want to lose love, belonging, or safety. And I just, for me, in my case, I'll speak for myself, I just made these delicious turkey tacos. I know what they taste like because I made them with love and I can't eat them. So I'll just go over here with my beans and uh, mix those up and uh, see what I can do. We just had that experience. I had a friend visiting from out of town. I decided to order some groceries and cook because, I mean, I didn't want to, because I feel like cooking is love. And I didn't want, you know, her to have come all the way uh, from Texas to visit me. And 
not, you know, make some home, have some home cooked meals instead of just going to restaurants. And so we made green beans, um, bok choy, uh, sauteed some kale and, oh, I did, um, like, uh, red onion, mushrooms and spinach. And then I like five minutes before we were going to eat, I panicked (laughs) and I said, uh, sorry, I didn't cook any meat for you. Uh, are you, what do you, what do you, uh, are you going to be okay? Now we had ordered food maybe the day before. So there was some leftover chicken wings here and it's not like I'm a vegan. So it's not like I'm opposed to cooking meat for someone if that's what they want. But I realized that I hadn't thought all the way through what it meant maybe for her to quote unquote, be forced into a plant-based meal when that's not what she signed up for. And I was just like, oh man, like I had forgotten what it is to try to feed people and make them feel comfortable and happy and feel loved and not include something that's familiar to them. Yeah, and that familiarity is very important. I mean, we need uh, we need pleasure with food. And if we don't get it, we'll overeat and we won't be satisfied. So it's very important that we get that pleasure from food. And if you're eating something that's supposed to, your, your mind says, oh, this is supposed to be chicken, and your, your, your taste buds say, mm. I don't think so. Um, you're not chicken. Not to mention that these processed foods, it's a processed food to have this transition, this fake meat, um, and it's loaded in salt. Mm. Yeah, so I, I if we, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. I'm about to jump on my soapbox. So, get on it! <laughs> get on it! So, I feel that way about gluten-free foods. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, and pizza, and, you know, the ampersand pizza, for those who don't live in the Washington, D.C. or New York metropolitan areas, is a, a company that has a, it's a fast, casual restaurant where you go through the line and they make a pizza for you and cook it. And it's, probably more the size of what you would consider a flatbread if you ordered it at a restaurant. But it's it's really good and it's pretty decent food for less than, you know, 10 to 12 dollars depending on which kind you get. So I love the fact that two things. They have gluten-free dough and they have vegan mozzarella. They also have some sort of vegan sausage. I'm not crumbles. I think it's supposed to be like Italian sausage. I don't think I've ever gotten it. Maybe once by accident. (laughs) But when you look at, when you go to build your pizza in their app and you choose the gluten-free dough, not only is it more expensive, it has way more ingredients and more calories. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And I feel the same way when I go to Le Pen Quotidien, which I love. They have a almond super seed bread that is gluten-free because it's made from almond instead of wheat. But their, and I think I probably mentioned this on a previous episode, their bread, if you just buy their traditional baguette or, or some sort of loaf, it's like water, oil, flour. Maybe salt. Maybe salt. Those are the only ingredients. If you look at their almond superseed bread, it has almonds and maybe 10 or 12 other things. And, and most of it I can pronounce and recognize and feel like it's, you know, pretty decent. But I'm thinking to myself, how is that other thing? It's, it's more pure. It seems like it's better for me. It is from the earth. And then this other thing is absolutely more processed, typically has more calories um, and is less desirable in general. But 
sometimes it's the only option. And again, I'm stuck with this idea that I'm trying to approximate something that I can no longer enjoy. And yet I don't feel like this alternative is any healthier. Well, for the bread, if I can speak to that, the super seed bread is, I would bet, I don't know for certain, but I would bet that it's more nutrient dense because it has the, uh, I think it's the sunflower seeds, and it has other. It has almonds. Oh, yeah. So you, it's gonna it has have the husks of some of the seeds as you're well. You're gonna get more fiber. You're gonna get more protein, and you're also gonna get more nutrients be, just because of the fact that how what it's made of is more nutrient dense than you would get from flour, oil, water, and salt. So point taken, though, that the compare the parallel is that the alternative is that may not appear as healthy. Um, when we're talking about fake meats, for example, mm-hmm. or these other things, where is it really vegan? Okay, the vegan alternative, though, doesn't seem, in fact, if you compare, it's not healthier. Yeah. And then what? But I think that vegan is just shorthand for meat-free, dairy-free, animal-free, right? Because I don't know if I don't know if, if institutions and organizations don't want to say animal-free because they don't want to disrupt their traditional business. So they just call something vegan. But I think that a lot of times that's really all it is, that we are applying a label um, that will allow you to very quickly deduce what it does and does not contain. Yes. And it, for, if that's the reason that they're u- utilizing that term, then that's great. Um, but... I, I can understand why it's not, I don't feel like it's really serving either community very well. It's not. Um, because I think people need to be more straightforward with that. Our companies need to be more straightforward with that. And there needs to be more dialogue about that, which is why we're here, right? Because I absolutely think that vegan has become a title for you to readily recognize something. Now, when you say, Oh, this is a vegan whatever. People know. Okay, there's no, no animals in it, no dairy in it. Got it. Vegan. Doesn't mean it's better for you. Doesn't mean it's good for you. Doesn't mean it's a whole food. Just It's just a label Sit just so that you can have an idea of what's not in it, um, which is kind of unfortunate because I think, like I was saying a minute ago, they took something that was supposed to be an idea for eating better and being healthier Mm -hmm. and now just made it another thing, Uh, which for the person who doesn't know what to eat and who doesn't know how to transition, it makes it that much more difficult because a lot of people, when they say they're going to go vegan, that's what they want to do, right? They want to eat healthier. They want a better diet. And so they start buying all this vegan stuff. And then it's like, well, now you're telling me vegan's not good for me either. And it's like, it's not because of what it has become. And I think people need to get out of that idea of even vegan and plant-based and whole foods are the words that need to be synonymous with a healthy lifestyle and a healthy diet and not necessarily the term vegan. Because those two things don't necessarily go together. Yeah. I'm wondering why we got away from like, Omnivore, carnivore, vegetarian, right? Today, vegetarian means that you eat, you can have cheese, you can have dairy. That's what, that's the distinction between vegan and vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I wonder, honey, probably. And honey, yeah. Um, Though there are vegetarians who eat eggs. Right. So hmm. I wonder, like, why that was, why a distinction was needed. Why can't vegetarian stand for 
why vegetarian couldn't stand for, like, I eat veggies, I eat anything that's a plant, right? I mean, vegetarian, and yet there's this connotation that, well, if it's vegetarian, that means it could still have cheese. You could have a veggie lasagna, but it has, you know, cheese. which negates the whole purpose of what you might be trying to do. Um, so, I, I, you know, I wonder, because I would think of myself as really a vegetarian, um, maybe even an herbivore, um, but we don't say those terms. So vegan is, I don't know where it came from. It'd be interesting to research and think about and, and to maybe talk about in a future episode or on a blog post. But it's just like, why, why is it so hard to, to, why is it so hard to find a way to, um, to specify? What you eat and don't eat. Yeah. For me, I feel like it comes from Everybody on this planet is different. You know, what you can eat, what you like, what you don't like, that sort of thing. And yet we're always trying to put ourselves in a box where we fit. And so now they have come up with all these terms for vegetarian, but I eat, I'm a pescatarian, but I'm a this, I'm a that. Just be who, whoever you are and just eat whatever it is. But these titles, I think, exist because we are creatures that need to feel like we belong somewhere, whether that's in diet or neighborhood or wherever. And I would challenge people to think outside of those labels and to not be so restricted because nothing is for me more frustrating than for someone to say, I'm vegetarian, but... <laughs> and then they give me all the lists of how they don't actually fit into vegetarian, but mostly they're vegetarian. Just why go through all of that? <laughs> so, so many reasons. So the first is I think that our brains are wired to classify things. Every time you come across something, you, like you said, your brain is trying to figure out a pathway back to what is, what's recognizable to it in terms of food. I think it does that with everything else. And so stereotypes and, and classifications of people based on how they look or what they eat or how they present in some manner is tied to our mind's requirement to be able to say, I see that, I identify it, and I can put it into a category. And and I it's not just category, right? It's understanding. I'm trying yes. to understand quickly. Right. Versus like the the dialogue of like, here, I'm an herbivore, or I can eat all these things, but just not these things. And versus like right. cut to the chase, tell me what I can feed you. <laughs> and therein lies a problem, right? Because people want the quick and the now. Nobody wants the dialogue. Nobody wants... And that's exactly why vegan food has become quick and fast and mm -hmm. easy. And it's become a way to put something in a package without actually explaining to you the details. And just put a V on it. Yeah. With a little circle. And, yeah. and, and, and it disconnects <laughs> from the why. Yeah. Right. Why eat? Why go plant based? Yeah. Why eat more veggies? It disconnects. It's like, OK, yeah, I can slap a label on that. You got a you got a new box. Cool. I can slap a label on that box. And now, you know, everything that fits in that box. But it disconnects from the health reasons, the environmental reasons uh, that plant based is better for us. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with all the boxes, because at this point. There's like 5,700 boxes you could check. I mean, <laughs> a method that was supposed to make it more simple, right, to identify these things has now turned into, you have so many. Well, it's not simple anymore. 
If you have to say I'm vegetarian, but, and then give me a whole dialogue anyway, well, then why would you even start with the vegetarian part? Right. That doesn't fit you. Um, Meaning I don't eat meat. Yeah. Though there's some debate about whether or not fish or seafood is considered meat. Exactly. Yeah, I hate hate that argument. So does that mean eat fish? So what about (laughs) shrimp? Okay. Um, So that's what I'm saying. So the dialogue is still happening even though we made the, the boxes. So, and, and can I just go back to what you said, Jen, because it resonates with me. I have, I have a very like heartfelt reaction to a box and you know, I'm a, my personality type is such that I'm, I'm a perspective, right? So I'm, I want to see where I'm, I'm driven by the question and a box to me is an answer. It is a canned response. And I just, I, humans are not canned. So I, I have a real problem too. Yes, which box do you fit in? It's like my friend trying to fill out the census form and she's like, look at my family photos. She brings the census person into her house and says, look at all my photos. What box should I pick? Cause I'm five of these things that are on this sheet. So, I mean, other, what? but other doesn't fit either. That doesn't feel like yeah. that fits me either. So what should I put in terms of to designate my race? And I'm thinking, okay, my love, you really don't have to, you know, you get the census guy all worked up. And he's just like, can you just check, check a box? Or say you decline, but she's like, no, 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 no. Box. And I feel like we, we do kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Not, not just with food, but with everything. Like, can you please tell me how to understand you? Well, if I could define me in a word, I wouldn't be human. Because humans are so much more complicated than a single word. I could give you a word. It still wouldn't. It would not put me in any kind of box or any other human being. How much of that is because we're moving so quickly? I don't have time to find out the full answer. Just give me the two or three word phrase that lets me know what I can feed you or what you can consume. Well, I could go on a soapbox about how fast we move, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my soapbox in my pocket. And But I feel like plant-based is a... Perfectly acceptable word. I also feel like it's a vegan alternative, right? If I'm at a dinner, if I'm at a restaurant having dinner and the waiter says any dietary restrictions, plant-based. Like, And it means just that. Primarily plants. Based in plants. Doesn't have to be all plants. Doesn't mean that I don't eat meat. Just means that primarily the base of my plate is plants. Um, then maybe I might add on there dairy free, um, or something like that. But the thing that's worked for me is saying that I eat anything with a plant parent. I like that one too. Which has yeah. the dual reaction of like slows people down because they have to actually think it about does what slow I've said. Down. Plant based is like, like plants. Okay, plants have parents. <laughs> right. Slows, but that's the very thing I'm trying to do. I want to slow you down so you Two actually plants. pay attention to what I said. When a plant boy and a plant girl love each other. (laughs) If it's not the birds and the bees, then what is that conversation? (laughs) But no, I think that it's, I feel like it happens the other way for me sometimes. So recently I was at an anniversary party and I was sitting next to a friend who had expressed some interest in the jealous vegan. And so I ordered my meal and I was, I was just going to have seafood and vegetables which I felt pretty good about. And then the guy comes back and says, Dennis. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was a dinner. No, no Dennis. Dennis. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. the, the server. Sorry, the server. Gotcha. Comes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, not Dennis. <laughs> the server comes back and says, I'm sorry. And I said to him, I said, I have a gluten and a dairy allergy. 
And I didn't get into anything else. I just chose uh, the seafood option that had like three vegetables with it, like asparagus and broccoli and something else, maybe a side salad. And he said, oh, um, I'm sorry. We soak the scallops in buttermilk. And I was like, what? what? Oh, here was the other thing. It came with a lemon asparagus risotto. And I said, hey, is there any chance that that doesn't have dairy? Because I love That'd risotto. It's like the only gluten-free option most places that serve pasta. And he comes back and says, we can do the risotto, but the scallops are soaked in buttermilk. So then I ordered something that I won't even admit to here. But my friend was like, so when my food comes, she's like, I thought you got the scallops. Yeah, I couldn't eat that because it wasn't dairy free. And she's like, oh, but that's meat. Why? I thought you were. I'm like, no, I'm not a vegan. And it seemed like her interest in the jealous vegan immediately went back down to two from like a 15. (laughs) She was like, oh, well, if you're not vegan, then how can you help me? And so I think the whole thing about the labels absolutely applies because people think like they they will either judge or raise to a pedestal based on the label that you've assigned to yourself or that they've assigned to you. And neither one is necessarily going to be beneficial to you or to them. And so I'm going to go circle back to her because we've been friends long enough that I feel like I can have a real conversation. Frank dialogue. Frank dialogue. Though my name is Jennifer, so it'll be a Jennifer and X dialogue, not Frank dialogue, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, April has my jokes. <laughs> so so I just I, I get I get that people are angry when you call something vegan and it doesn't taste like what they expect. But I also think that they look at people and say, You call yourself a vegan, but that you're not the picture of health that I expected. And we've talked about that before, too. Right. But also, also, it's a two-edged sword because when vegan kind of first became popular, I do feel like a lot of vegans were walking around like, you know, I'm we're better, better than you because I care about the earth and you don't, and I meat care about the animals. Meat is murder. Yeah, meat is murder. And so for people who didn't subscribe, I mean, it's very off-putting, like, relax like it's okay and so now I think people either go one way or the other where they're like oh I'm interested or you people (laughs) um and then that that informs their reaction towards us and absolutely if they are the type of person that uh maybe doesn't have a positive uh idea of somebody who's vegan if they catch you slipping they will call they you out. They definitely will call you out. And it's almost like a reversal because they're like, you thought you were better than me, but you're no better than me because you're not actually. And it's you're like a, a whole mm-hmm. thing that happens in the brain. But what's funny <laughs> about that is, yeah, so maybe the idea of being a vegan has created this persona that, oh, you're better than me. But are people today legitimately walking around saying, I'm better than you because I don't eat meat? And I feel like none of us have ever made someone else feel that way about their choices versus our choices. But so much of life is a projection. So many things that we go through are not actually what's happening to us. We project how we're feeling, what we're thinking on the inside. We are um, 
maybe reading too much into something. I mean, it happens all the time. Even walk down the street and somebody, you think they rolled their eyes at you. Turns out they just had an eyelash in there and you done made up a whole scenario. I don't understand why she don't like me. She Um, thinks she's so cute. (laughs) Right. Had nothing to do with that. We do it all the time. Um, And that's where we have to be better. Nobody can change how you're looking at something or your view on how you think someone else is approaching something. But this is where the quick and fast and to the point really bothers me. Because if you took the time to really understand, like, this person who said, oh, I thought you were vegan, but you're ordering meat. Well, I never said that, right? And you didn't ask me why I don't eat or do eat. And I could explain that to you in terms of my dietary restrictions or whatever. But you don't want that. You want the quick and easy. Just tell me what I'm working with. Mm-hmm. But I agree with April. We are not humans are not that way. If you if you want to be able to be judgment free, then you're going to need to ask more questions. I agree. And I feel like with this person, um, it, she was looking at you as a vegan, as an example and cool. But the pedestal can be a little too high. Like you think that somebody who's a vegan um, air quotes um that they are perfect in their diet. No one's perfect in their diet. We all need things. We all eat things that may not be high quality nutrition, but or might not provide high quality nutrition, but that doesn't necessarily make it bad. And it doesn't, we all need pleasure. Um, and yeah. so to this idea that you're eating must be super clean and super perfect in order to set an example is not accurate. No one is super perfect. No one, food or lifestyle, no one is super perfect all the time. Um, and in fact, if, if I meet someone who thinks they are, I kind of question their sanity a little bit because that means you're trying to control your environment and it's impossible to a hundred percent control your environment. So, you know, I, 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 there's a, there's a construct there of what we expect of people who say they're, when you say vegan, it's like saying I'm an expert and people feel like, oh, if you're an expert, then you're perfect. Except I know doctors who ask them, do they, they eat perfectly? No, they know what they're supposed to eat, but it's like, yeah, occasionally I still have, you know, whatever their, their particular pleasure vice is. And you know what? No judgment. Do you doing the best you can do? And so am I. So Mm -hmm. how about we access our empathy and she, could have asked. I, well, so then, what, what, what prompted you? Well, what prompted you to order meat when clearly that's not what you just said a moment ago? Um, it's kind of like, okay, well, you're a hypocrite, so I can't listen to you. But was I though? Because I didn't say that I didn't eat yeah, meat. I, I never said And that. also, I just check the menu. There's nothing I can eat that isn't meat. It happens that I can tolerate meat, so I'm going to make an exception in this case, which is progress over perfection um, versus like. Yeah, I'm just gonna get it from the table and leave early, or I'm gonna eat, you know, the broccoli off of the the vegetable platter because that's all I got. In which case, that's when people get on their soapbox, like, "There's nothing I can eat." These people, blah blah. You people, what Lisa said. Right. You people, us people. Um, it, it's it's a it's a black or white uh, dialogue, and it's not black or white. Agreed. Soapbox amended. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was in your pocket. I know, I had to pull it out again. (laughs) So it sounds like we're all agreed. There's no point in succumbing to the idea of labels for the ease and speed of it, um, because it's either going to create a false impression or notion or confuse someone or turn them against something unnecessarily. 
So where you can, use all your words. Explain <laughs> exactly what it is that you have, that you're offering, that you, who you are. And I think that that will create uh, a less hostile environment for people like Dennis. And can I just say, too, I feel like just own who you are. Whatever your diet is, you don't need to explain it to people. Just tell them what you eat and they can stand in judgment or not. But don't let that alter what you plan to do, especially if you're eating for your biology and not for any other reason. You should always be eating for yourself and for what nourishes you. And on the other side of that, uh, people need to be less judgmental. People need to ask more questions, even if somebody doesn't readily use all their words. If you're really looking to understand, and I do think that people need to come from that, really trying to understand and not give me the quick and easy so I can just write it off, understand why somebody's doing something or not doing something. And this is like in all avenues, not just what you're eating, but on both sides, just take the time to get to know a person and to understand the situation and don't have, try not to have, because I know easier said than done, but try not to have this idea in your head of what you think it already is without having all the facts, because you're probably wrong. Thank you for listening. Please connect with us at thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content to support your plant-based journey. We'll see you in the next episode. And until then, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.